Hi friends, welcome back to the English Vocabulary Help Podcast. My name's Kayla, I'm an American English teacher, and on today's episode, I will teach you the cleaning vocabulary list that you need to know in America. Maybe you don't clean your own house, maybe you hire a maid or another service to come clean your house once a week, once a month, or maybe you are a professional organizer. Not literally. They do a beautiful job. I'm very jealous. I wish I could afford this type of service, but it's very expensive and I feel like it's a little bit unnecessary unless you have a really big house with lots of things. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, I'm thinking of a book for this week that I would recommend, and it's all about cleaning, so it goes right along with this episode. Have you heard of it? It's The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up by Marie Kondo. This book was a huge hit. That means it was very popular, and it did very well in sales. This book has been published in more than 30 countries. Maybe if you're from Japan, you know Marie Kondo very well. I think she went on to have a Netflix show where she would organize people's homes and there are people that are just very inspired by her method of cleaning up your house and organizing it. So you can check out her book. I'll link it below. It is in English and you can read it in English or you could read it in the many other translated languages or of course you could read it in her native Japanese if you speak Japanese. I'll leave the link below. I read it on audiobook on Audible a few years ago and I think I read it while I was driving actually. Well I didn't read it but I listened to it while I was driving and I felt very inspired. Her basic message is to get rid of things in your house that don't spark joy. So this is especially true for clothing You should not keep clothing that makes you feel lazy or it's old and you want to save the clothing because you think, oh, maybe I'll need these clothes for when I'm working or whatever. But she says that you should not keep anything in your house that does not spark joy, that doesn't make you feel good. And this is also true when it comes to gifts. When people give you a gift, it doesn't mean you have to keep it forever. And books, she says that we have too many books in our house and Oftentimes, a lot of these things make our house feel very cluttered, which means very messy. There's lots of things laying around. It's hard to find exactly what you need. So go read her book if you haven't already or listen to it like I did and ask yourself, does it spark joy when you're trying to clean out your house and organize it? Let's talk about that word organize a little bit. I've already used it a few times in this podcast. So right now when I'm recording this, it's the end of March which means it's almost April. And where I live, April is the beginning of spring. We have a saying that says, April showers bring May flowers. Because, you know, April, it's a little rainy, but it's starting to warm up. And then May, it truly starts to become summer where I live. So during this time, especially April, when it's becoming spring, we do something called spring cleaning. 
And this just marks a time where it's becoming nice outside. So our house starts to feel like we want to clean it up. We want to brighten it up and we get rid of old things that we don't need. Whether it's old clothing or maybe old pots and pans, old books. Like I mentioned before, maybe somebody gave you a gift that you have never used and you want to donate it or sell it. I love selling my old things online. It's so surprising what people will buy, especially when you don't want it anymore. People will find joy and it feels good to sell it to them for a lower price than they could get it new. So that's my favorite thing. I love selling my old stuff, especially if it's good stuff, but I just don't use it anymore. I often sell things for my family members. They have clothing that's been sitting around or they have other decorations and they're just, they don't want to just donate it because they think, oh, it's so nice. And I say, I'll sell it for you. And it makes everybody feel good because you get money for your old stuff and then people will enjoy it who you sell it to. So it's a win-win. Back to the word organized. So right now my garage is a total mess. I really need to organize it. During the winter, I tend to just throw my boots in the garage. If I have garbage, sometimes it doesn't make it to the garbage can. So there's random boxes and things laying around. My children have toys everywhere in the garage because it's just been too cold to be out there organizing. So now that it's spring, I need to just take a day and do some spring cleaning. This is a common phrase, spring cleaning. And I just need to take everything out and make sure it has a place to go. So this is what organizing means. I want to know, are you a minimalist or are you a maximalist? Now, minimalist is a very real thing. Maximalist, that's kind of a made up word. I've heard it online a few times just joking to make fun of minimalism because minimalism has been so popular and so in the zeitgeist in the last few years. When we say that something is in the zeitgeist, it means just it's the popular attitude. So everybody's like, I want to be minimalist. I think this just comes from the idea that in the United States, especially, we are a consumer culture. We are a culture full of consumers. We like to buy things. We are advertised things all the time. And we just end up with too many things and we don't feel happy because things cannot make you happy. No matter how much money you have, you just need to make yourself happy. So in minimalism, you will try to have as few of things as possible. So I've watched documentaries and read books on minimalism. I would not call myself a minimalist. I do try not to just buy things that will go in the garbage. But, you know, things get old, it tends to happen. Um, I have, you know, probably too much stuff, but not in comparison to other people. Minimalists will count their number of things sometimes. And if they have too many things, they will figure out a way to cut down. Their house looks very bare. If you describe something as bare, it means there's no decorations. There's no clutter. There just might be empty tables, empty walls. And especially when it comes to clothing, min minimalists have very few items of clothing. They might only have seven shirts and maybe three or four pairs of pants and that's it. You know, your typical underwear and socks, but they don't like to keep a lot of clothing, especially in their closets and their drawers. And there is, I think, a lot of truth to this that it makes you happy to have less stuff to worry about. 
You might hear American English speakers say, I am really OCD about this, or I'm really OCD about keeping my bed made in the morning. I like to make my bed every morning. This phrase OCD means obsessive compulsive disorder, and this is a real psychological disorder. It's a real thing that if you go to a therapist or a psychologist, they might tell you you have, but we use this phrase more casually. We're not saying that we actually have something wrong with us. We just, we started to use this acronym OCD, or I'm very obsessive compulsive, just to mean that you really care about this thing. You think about it a lot. I would say I am obsessive compulsive about my floors being clean. I am vacuuming all of the time. I have two different vacuums. <laughs> I have a very heavy vacuum. It works very well, but it's just so heavy that I don't like to take it out a lot. And then I have what is called a stick vacuum. This is a battery powered vacuum that you can just take out really quick. It's very light, but it won't get all of the crumbs. It might leave a few. So I use both vacuums because I just, I like my floors to be clean. And I definitely got this trait from my mother because she was very much a neat freak. This phrase is used to describe someone who likes to have their house very clean or very neat. It can be negative, but most of the time we just call someone a neat freak in a joking manner. Like my mom was such a neat freak. They are such a neat freak. They really like to keep their house very clean. So you might hear American English speakers use this phrase, or they might say they're very OCD. These things seem like they would be negative, but they're pretty casually thrown out there. So don't worry too much about offending someone by saying they are OCD or they are a neat freak. I've talked a little bit about getting rid of old things. This means either throwing them out or donating them. So in the United States, we have many charities that you can donate old clothing or old furniture or old kitchen things to, to help people who do not have these things and do not have money to buy them. Or they oftentimes will go to what we call is a thrift store. Thrifting is when you go to stores that sell things that are not new. So they are secondhand is what we call them. Another interesting phrase I was just thinking about today, because I have two sons, I have a two-year-old and a one-year-old. So the one-year-old is getting many hand-me-downs. Hand-me-downs. This is what we call clothing that goes from one sibling or an older person to the younger sibling or the younger person. So the older brother will give his clothing to the younger brother when he grows out of it. And of course, we only do this for things that are still nice. If they are worn out, they have many holes or stains on them, we usually just get rid of them. We do not donate them and we do not give them as hand-me-downs. Let's move on a little bit from the organizational vocabulary of this list and let's get into more of the cleaning. So I consider cleaning anything like dusting, vacuuming, um, sanitizing things like scrubbing up a bathroom. One term that you might find interesting is elbow grease. So if you have a stain on some clothing and you need to scrub it out and you need to scrub very hard, you might hear someone say, put some elbow grease into it. This is just 
a weird idiom that we use to say that you need to work hard to get it to be clean. So when I am cleaning my bathrooms, I like them to be very, very clean. I'm almost a little bit of a neat freak about it. And I am just in there, I'm sweating because I'm cleaning so much and I'm putting in elbow grease. So that's how you use that phrase, elbow grease. It's just an idiom that means you put in a lot of work or labor to clean something. Another way that American English speakers will describe cleaning and cleaning a lot is they'll say, I had to do a deep clean. If you do a deep clean, we usually say it's a very thorough clean. So if I deep clean my bathrooms, I use bleach. I use very harsh chemicals to make sure that there's no bacteria or mold in my bathroom. Or you could say, I had to do a deep clean of my car. There were so many water bottles and old fast food bags in there. I hope not. That's that's not a very good habit to leave food and things in your car. But if you deep clean, you take absolutely everything out and you make it very, very clean. So this word deep clean. You could also just say, I'm doing a quick tidy up. If you say I'm tidying up, it's not the same as a deep clean. It just means you're cleaning up a little bit. You're putting things away. So if you have a lot of clothes on the floor, you might need to hang them up or you might need to fold them if you are just tidying up. In my house, there are always toys everywhere. My boys like toy cars and toy trucks and toy tractors and I have to tidy them up all the time because they're not quite old enough to put them away themselves, although I'm trying to teach them because it would be nice if they did that on their own. The last phrase in today's lesson that I want to really talk about is to say that something is clean as a whistle. This is a really good simile. It's just saying that something is extremely clean. Now, are whistles clean? Probably not. I don't know where this phrase comes from, but it's very common If you say, wow, your house is clean as a whistle, (laughs) it just means it's extremely clean. You can also say something is sparkling. Wow, her bathroom is totally sparkling. It's usually used for bathrooms or kitchens or things where you have to scrub off the surfaces. You wouldn't typically say that somebody's bedroom is sparkling. That wouldn't really make sense or it wouldn't really tell the person that it's very clean. The person would just probably look at you confused. So we say a kitchen is sparkling or the bathroom is sparkling. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of the English Vocabulary Help Podcast. I'll leave the link to Marie Kondo's book, The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up Below. That's my reading suggestion of the week. You guys can also check out my reading list on Amazon for other suggestions for your English learning. And make sure to check out my website, englishwithkayla.com, to get updates on my course and to just connect with me there. I'll see you guys in the next lesson of the podcast and good luck studying English.